Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour of the program, which you can catch live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If you can't listen live, no worries, you can check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified every time a new episode is uploaded. You can check me out at ScoutFantasySports.com. Our fantasy baseball draft kit is filled with tons of greatness, and if you use the promo code BATS50, you can get 50% off your first two months. Uh, in-depth team profiles from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. And if you want a sample of it, you can see the free previews for the Orioles and Red Sox. You'll be like, this is really, really good. So then you'll be like, you know what? Time to become a member uh, as he goes through each and every team. Uh, rankings from Dr. Rodor out. My rankings will be out tomorrow, and I update them consistently pretty much every day. Uh, especially as we get into March and there's games and there's news that filters out. So they're updated in real real time. So whenever I make a, an update, it goes up on the site right away. So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, I have a ton of articles up there. My latest is a look at Rugnet Odor. And he made some interesting changes last year in the second half. And his price is probably as low as it has been. We talked about it with Rudy Gamble, who selected him in the labor draft in the first hour. So you could always check that out on demand. But uh, you can read my thoughts on our door for the upcoming season. Taking a look at Nelson Cruz, uh, Yasmani Grandal, Brian Dozier, their signings. Jesus Aguiar was his breakout last year for real. Daniel Murphy now with the Rockies. What does that do for his value? Andrew McCutcheon in Philly. Sonny Gray moving to Cincinnati. Uh, will Charlie Morton continue his breakout after a great year last year? Now moving on to Tampa Bay. What does it mean for A.J. Pollock being with the Dodgers? Tons and tons of content players who I think are overvalued, including someone who went in the second round of labor. So you can get all of that as part of our draft kit. We'll have our preseason pro picks as well with sleepers, bust, stash, and cash, and a lot more. So there's strategy articles too, uh, what to do in auction leagues for mixed league, ALNL only, uh, pitcher strategy, uh, fab blind bidding guide strategy. So a lot of content. Uh, it's all up there now. Again, enter the promo code BATS50 to get 50% uh, off your first two months. We have you covered for DFS as well, scoutdfs.com for PGA, uh, NBA, NHL, Slack chat optimizers, and, of course, uh, MLB right around the corner. So we'll have you set for that and vegaswhispers.com for your sports betting needs. So plenty of ways to win money. That's the goal. That's what we want to do for you. Coming up in this hour, Andrea Lamont. She will uh, join me to talk about her labor draft. You can find her at LennyMelnickFantasySports.com. Uh, Doc DeRoto obviously was upset with a lot of her picks because he wanted those guys 
He was picking third, though, and she was 11. So come on, man. Uh, but whatever. We'll ask her about that, her thoughts and strategies as uh, push some players up the board. But sometimes you need to do that if you really believe in those players. Um, and that happens. You know, sometimes we're sitting in drafts and we go, yeah, I can wait another round. And then you see the player go and you're like, like I should have taken him. So you never really want to have that feeling too consistently in drafts. And, you know, especially in the later rounds, too, you might look and see the ADP and it's kind of happened to me. You're like, oh, well, his ADP is 460. It's only picked 370. So what? Is there really a big difference at that point? There's not. So if you believe in that player and you think that they're going to outproduce and surprise people, do it. I mean, last year, Jesus Aguiar was someone I took in a draft championship. I think it was round 29. And, of course, as you're going through the draft, people are going to be like, well, Aguiar has nowhere to play. There's Eric Thames. They brought in Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. And we all know injuries are going to happen. And all it takes is an opportunity for a player to get the chance to play every day. And if they hit, they're not leaving the lineup. And you saw it last year with Aguiar. So those are the players you're trying to find late in these drafts, especially the draft champions. Like, yes, once you get into these later rounds, you're going to look at players like, well, they don't have the playing time. You have to envision a scenario where, okay, well, what if this guy gets hurt and he gets the chance to play every day? Will he produce? And those are the players that you want to have with the upside. And Aguiar was a perfect example last year. Uh, and he was a free agent, obviously, in many many leagues and was picked up but uh, obviously in the draft champions uh, you don't have the ability to uh, use free agency so we will talk to Andrea about her team and then in the final segment uh, NBA DFS says we head into the all-star break so I, I play NBA DFS almost every day I think there was maybe one day on the weekend I didn't play because I went out the next six days there's no NBA DFS you can look at it as okay we need a little bit of a break because it is intense uh, each day, especially leading up to lineup block and all the injuries and last-minute news. But uh, three games slate tonight, so we'll go over it in the final segment. But uh, let's look at some of the news going on. And this really stood out to me today. I've always said we don't know what players are going through, whether it's off the field, with personal life, divorce, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever they have going on. You just don't know what people are going through in their personal life. You don't know what their diet is. You don't know if they're working out. You don't know the commitment. You don't know if players are injured sometimes. And today, I think the report might have came yesterday that Jake Arietta had some surgery uh, a couple months ago. But Arietta spoke with reporters today and said he tore his left meniscus last June. So he was pitching through this. He had it surgically repaired. But Arietta was a guy. I looked at it and I said, man, there's a lot of concern here. He was not good in the second half. We saw the strikeout rate dip. And this partly explains it for sure. So Arietta was a guy I was pretty much, you know, I kind of don't want him. I mean, you look at the overall numbers, they weren't bad. I mean, 10 and 11, 3.96 ERA. Man, that's not, not brutal in, in today's environment. Uh, probably not what you paid for last year. Now, the FIP was over four. The XFIP was over four. Uh, but Arietta's a guy that we have seen the ERA progressively go up. So... And he is getting older. Not like he's old, though. He's going to be 33, or he's 33. But his ERA, we knew the 177 was a career year. And then he's gone a 310, 353, and 396 last year. But the strikeout rate really dipped 19.1% last year. Uh, it was in the 23% range the previous two years. We saw the walk rate slightly increase. 
But he still got a lot of ground balls, and which is big in that park. He didn't give up a lot of hard hits. So uh, as bad as that second half was, you know, overall the numbers were still pretty good, and his velocity and his fastball wasn't that bad at 93. So Arietta is pretty interesting that you hear this news. Uh, he definitely got less swings and misses last year, though, and that's why the strikeouts were down 7.8% swing and strike rate. It's pretty bad. Uh, but he did throw a lot of first-pitch strikes. So very interesting to hear Arietta with this news. You know, I don't think he's a guy I'm going to run out and target, but he is pretty cheap in drafts, and, you know, I wasn't really uh, a big fan at all. I mean, he was one of those guys like, you know what, I, I don't want on my team this year. And he went in round 14 of uh, the labor draft. 15-team uh, league. I do think there were some other pitchers still on the board that I like better for sure. But, you know, maybe he could bounce back and uh, this knee injury kind of explains uh, what happened to him last year in the second half. Uh, because sometimes we look and we say, okay, maybe this is the start of him on the decline. I mean, he had a 3-2-3 ERA in the first half over 103 innings. And then the second half, 5-0-4 ERA over 69 and two-thirds. So you can clearly see that something was wrong. And a lot of times we see that, we go, okay, what is the issue? Is it a change in pitch arsenal? Uh, was there an injury? And in this case, it was an injury. So definitely thought that was an interesting note uh, today with Arietta, who dealt with that injury. The Blue Jays GM, Ross Atkins, said, there's no firm timeline for the debut of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, we all know this is crap. We all know this is a service time issue. And we know we will probably see Vlad mid-April. I mean, we saw this with Chris Bryant a couple years ago. So uh, Guerrero's going very early in drafts. I've seen an NFBC draft Champions League where he went late second round. Generally seen him go in the third to fourth round. And I do think in some of these industry drafts, he's fallen a little bit further. Um, we saw him go in round uh, four. In the mixed labor league draft the other night, he went the first pick of round four. So he's 19 years old, and we all know he can flat out hit. I mean, just every level he's been at, he's torn up. I don't know if there's going to be elite power right away at the big leagues, and there's no stolen bases here either. Um, you know, he did in his first year rookie ball, but he really hasn't run much. So that's why I'm not going to pay that price tag. I mean, we're all excited. And look, he could he, maybe he exceeds it. It's not a great Blue Jays lineup, so the counting stats are a little bit of concern. But he's definitely a fun player that we want to see in baseball because of the skill set. But as far as fantasy drafts, you know, taking him in round four is going to be a little bit too early for me. And yes, we have seen players come up and absolutely produce. You want to point to Ronald Acuna. Well, the difference is Acuna also steals bases. So that gives him a big boost. Uh, and Juan Soto, we've seen, he doesn't run much, but the plate approach that he had for his age was ridiculous. Uh, the ability to get on base, draw walks. So I think that's what happens is people see these young players up and think all of them are going to produce. And I'm not saying Vlad won't because I think he will. I just don't know if it's going to translate to fantasy greatness immediately. So just something to keep in mind. And uh, third, fourth round for a guy who's never played – uh, is definitely a little bit risky. We were touched upon it a little bit in the previous segment about a lot of teams just not stating who the closer will be, and it's making life a headache as you do these drafts, especially in the draft champions leagues, because it's one thing in a redraft league. You know, okay, we can go to the waiver wire like everyone else, but we know there's going to be constant turnover at the closer position. There will be players 
that come out of nowhere. We see it every year. And it might not be April, it might not be May, but there will be a few times during the season where no one has talked about a player in the preseason being a potential closer, and they wind up getting saves. It's all a matter of if you're in a first-come, first-serve league, paying attention to the news immediately and being on top of things, and that's why I hate those leagues, and you should not have a league like that. You know, Now is an important time, too, where you can go to your commissioner and ask to change rules. If you are in a league where it's first-come, first-serve, you should ask for FAB. If you don't know what FAB is, it's where you get a budget, usually $1,000. That's what they do in the high-stakes leagues, and it's a blind bid each week, and whoever bids the highest gets that free agent. It is way better than first-come, first-serve, and this is from someone who is constantly around the phone or the computer, so it's an advantage for me outside of when I'm sleeping, but it works for me, and I'll, a lot of times I probably will beat most people, and I still hate it. It's just not right because people have things to do, and some people are away for an hour, two hours, and they can't get to it, and you're going to lose out on a free agent because someone else has the ability to pick them up. So this is the time of year where you should be going to your commissioner, and if there's something in your league you don't like, bring it to his attention, and maybe he'll put it to vote. You know, I'm in a league now where they sent out an email today about voting on something, and that's the way you do it. And I've always employed that in my league. So as we're setting up our leagues, it's something to keep in mind. But back to the closer topic, it's just a real headache in these draft champions leagues. You're seeing people really reach. And we have so much uncertainty with so many positions. Don Mattingly said that he expects to play the matchups in the ninth inning this year rather than name a closer. And I think a lot of people have been drafting Drew Steckenrider as the closer and we know the Marlins are going to be a bad team. There won't be a ton of save opportunities, but they're going to win some games. And even if it generates 25 saves, it's still valuable. But now we're looking at potentially Drew Steckenrider and Adam Conley. Sergio Romo could be in the mix as well. So <laughs> it's just going to be a headache. It's not an ideal situation that you want for them anyway. But, you know, other teams are doing the same team. Orioles manager Brandon Hyde indicated that he might not have a dedicated closer this season. And a lot of people are drafting uh, Michael Givens, thinking, all right, he's the guy. And again, another team that is bad, that's not going to win a lot of games. But if you get 25 saves out of that position in the 18th, 19th round, it's valuable. But this is another situation where it's frustrating. Uh, and it's, it's, I have had a difficult time drafting Givens. We saw him go, oh, Dr. Odo took him around 14. Dr. Odo cannot be pretty happy today. He's got Givens around 14 and Alvarado in round 10. And those are two teams that have said they're not going to name a closer. And obviously things can change as we get closer to the year. Maybe Givens gets this first save opportunity day one if the Orioles have a lead. And Alvarado's a good arm. I like him. But again, he's not a lock to, to have that job. So it's really difficult right now as you're kind of navigating through the closer pool. And even uh, Ned Yost of the Royals said that he doesn't expect to name a closer going into the season. So we all thought... Okay, Brad Boxberger was signed. He has closer experience. He had a good year last year until he folded. I think it was nine runs in his last 10 innings, so he fell apart. He was pretty good before that, but we're seeing a lot of managers not commit to closers, and they might use some of these pitchers a little bit earlier in high-leverage situations. Raysel Iglesias, that's a guy people said, oh, yeah, I'm locked in. He's easy. Well, the Reds have said that might not be the case, and they might use him in similar in the way the Brewers used Josh Hader last year. So that's another closer that 
you were banking on in round eight, nine, and now you don't feel as good. Uh, we'll ask Andrea Lamont about that because she took Iglesias in round eight. So just a lot of these situations popping up, and it's going to make people pay even more, I think, for the top-tier closers because they're going to want that at least one rock. So it's going to be really difficult this year to navigate that closer pool, and it always is a nightmare, and it's only going to get even worse this year as you see more and more teams say this, and you just don't feel good about a lot of the situations right now. We still have yet to see Craig Kimbrell sign, so he's going to go somewhere and take a job from someone that has been drafted as a closer as well. So really think about what your plan of attack is this year at closer, and I think you're going to start to see the upper-tier guys, Blake Trine and Edwin Diaz. I'm very intrigued to see what they go for in an auction because I think they're going to go a little bit higher than we've seen in years past because people are going to think, these guys are reliable. We can bank on them. And even with them, there's some risks. As good as they are in great arms, we've seen the volatility at the closer position. So it's going to be a very important way to strategize your team and your attack this year at the closer position. When we return, I'll be joined by Andrea Lamont from Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports.com. She was a participant in labor on Tuesday night. We'll talk about her team, get her thoughts and strategy when we return to Scout Fantasy Sports. can tell portland really dislike golden state you know remember durant and mock mccollum too you guys can't win you'll never win and portland when they're on their game they're a dangerous team at home guys and but the thing is you know they can't beat the warriors four times out of seven that's yeah. the problem like teams can land some shots but the warriors can always counter it's, it's impossible to beat these guys four times out of seven weekdays 9 a.m eastern on fntsy radio and on your popular podcast providers the following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If Pyro's and Crips all got along, they probably got me down by the end of the song. Back here it is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern talking some fantasy baseball. And make sure you check out ScoutFantasySports.com. Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit is out. Tons of great content. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. 
Joining me now to talk some more baseball. She was a participant Tuesday night in the Mixed League Labor Draft. It is Andrea Lamont from Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports.com. Andrea, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing well, getting excited. Uh, obviously, it's still cold outside, but hopefully we'll see some spring training games soon. And always good to know that baseball is right around the corner. Uh, Dr. Know. Odo was with me in the first hour, and he's, he's a little upset at you. He said you took a lot of his players that he took in the FSTA, and he wants to know if you were looking at his draft and just taking the players that he took. Oh, you're kidding. Okay. He said no. it. Well, it is quite similar to his, but he doesn't have any right to be mad at me for this because this is why I took these players. I knew they weren't going to come back to me. So, and it is very similar to his team, and it even has Byron Buxton on it. So it's a little freaky, but no, I didn't even see his team. Yeah, good. Let him know. I mean, you don't need his expertise. I played in the league with you last year, and you, you had a good season. You were, you were near the top for a good portion oh, of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would uh, Dr. Rota, why isn't he here? I know. He left. Um, unbelievable. So we'll have so to make sure. So he's the one. I got to listen to this. He's the one that complains about my team and then leaves. I know. That's well, bad it's look okay. for him. Yeah, uh, I let, know. Let's talk about your team. Pick 11. You went Javier Baez. And Baez does typically go late first round, sometimes early second round. And I think some people just aren't sure if last year was the peak for him. Will he get better? We know the plate discipline has never been great, but... We know he's got pop. We know he has speed. So tell us why we should be sold on Baez as a first-round pick this year. It's tough because, I mean, uh, I was waiting for Trey Turner, and, of course, he got taken right before my pick. And I picked Baez because he was, I felt like he was the safest one on the board at the time. I mean, I love the stolen bases early. I love getting all those home runs from my middle um, infielders. I love the fact that he can play multiple positions. I think that he's at the perfect age where, I mean, he's at the peak of his career right now. These are typically players that I like to target, some that aren't, you know, I'm not a fan of, of drafting prospects and rookies. I like to wait until they've played a couple years. And then, uh, so Javier Baez was just, that's what I saw. It's it's tough when you're at one side of the draft or another in a 15-team league because you know that, that after that first pick, if you're at the beginning, get anything for a long, long time, you have to take that into consideration that this group of players is going to be gone by the time it gets back to you. So I knew that like two chances to, to – my first two players were the most important being at the end of the draft, you know. People question me about Javi. I don't know. It absolutely could be – Risky, but all signs point the other way. Yeah, I, I don't know if people question it because I have seen him go late first, early second. So I just think some people are just not sure if they're paying for a career or if he can improve or be uh, similar. I, I think that 11 spot is kind of tough, though. I did a draft in that spot. I really don't like it because I think there's no one that really sticks out, and you could easily see the guy you take at 11 go 17 in the next draft. So – did you like picking at 11 as the draft went on? I was, it was interesting. You know how sometimes you go into drafts and you always have like a certain amount of adrenaline. You always have like knots in your stomach. No matter how many times you do it, that's the fun of it. It's super exciting and fun. But it's like the draft never, it it started off really uncomfortable. And it. I feel like I did a good job drafting, but I, I wasn't that comfortable with it. I don't know if it was the spot, but it was like, what do I do at this spot? It was really, 
it was pretty tough. I, I'm happy with what I did, though. Bauer, um, Bauer is questioned a lot, and so far I really just say that I think he's the best pitcher in baseball because of his work ethic and his attitude. I just think he's the best pitcher in baseball, so I kind of have to back that up by drafting him. Yeah, I think some people will look at that and say, wow, Bauer over Cole, Nola, Severino. But I loved Bauer last year. I had him on quite a few teams, and I think he's legit. So if you feel that way, uh, that's kind of what it was, right? You just feel like, hey, Bauer's one of the best pitchers, and I know he's not going to make it back, so I'm going to take him here. It's like, it's the same kind of thing. It's like Bauer with the years of experience. People would say, you know, he's he hasn't done anything yet. He's been in the major leagues for like four or five you know, full seasons, and he hasn't ever, you know, had an ERA under four. But he's constantly working on his craft, and if you know anything about him, then you understand that, like, this guy never settles down. He's always working on spin rate. He's always looking at it from, like, a a different point of view. It's like a real numbers guy with uh, spin rate, loves spin rate, doesn't really care about launch angle, talks about how, like, it's about how the ball hits the bat. You know, it's about how the ball comes off the bat. So if they're not making good contact is what he's hope, you know, is what his goal is. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> Bauer, yes, I know it's questionable, but I do believe that he's the best pitcher in baseball. I don't trust um, Strasburg. I don't trust any of those other pitchers that were there at the time. So I probably would have taken him over any pitcher besides Scherzer. Jamison Tyon in round three. He was tremendous last year, especially finished the year. 22 consecutive starts with three own runs or less, incorporating a slider into his repertoire. I think a lot of people might go, wow, Tyon in the third is early, but he generally goes in the fourth. So you you see him taking a, a big step up this year? I love it. I mean, he's just improved each year. He's been through tons of... Like, he had cancer, he had Tommy John, he had all kinds of issues. He struggles his way back. He's just solid as a rock. He adds a new pitch, starts using it last year, and that's when he had that great run. He's confident, and I think he's, he is in his peak, too, where he's going into his, you know, right about age 27. I have a lot of faith in him. Joined by Andrea Lamont. You can find her, Lenny Melnick, FantasySports.com. In the fourth round, Eugenio Suarez, who... For a while, has been under valid. I think people probably realize now how good he is because you could see where he's going. Uh, I, I think he's a, a very solid player and finally getting his due. I love it, too. I really love it. I think that the team is much better than it was last year, obviously. Uh, I think the Reds are going to be such a fun team to watch with Puig. And, I mean, they got just – I think it's going to be great fun. Yeah, I like what they're doing. They're definitely an improved team, and they might make some trades at the deadline. They have a lot of players on one-year deals, but I I like what they have done, especially with the lineup. Matt Carpenter is coming off a a career year. He got off to the slow start and finished strong with 36 home runs last year. First time he topped 30 home runs. What can we expect from him this year? I think well I, I'm I'm banking on about thirty home runs again. I do re- do you remember last year and everybody was saying what should I do with this guy because he's that bad. He was that bad starting the season. And it was batting average on balls and play was so whacked out. It was just an immediate obvious answer to what was going on. He's just getting really horribly unlucky and it really just turned around for him. I just love where he's going in the draft. I think that for that for what you're going to get out of him with 30 home runs, you're going to get, you know, close to 100 RBIs. You're just going to get all kinds of stats from this guy. He even steals a base or two. So, I mean, 
I definitely love where he's going in the draft where the same type of stats are going much sooner. Jose Abreu, obviously his stock has fallen a little bit because he's coming off a year where he missed some games. You know, this was a guy that you pretty much penciled in for 3,100 in his first four years in the majors. Are we getting him at a discount because of last year's numbers? Yes, all these players that I have, a lot of them are discounted players from last year, and I don't, I mean, this guy is solid as a rock, so uh, he's getting a little bit old, but other than that, I mean, I know he had a down year. He's, he's solid for 100 RBIs every season. The White Sox are getting better, slowly but surely. I like it. He's boring, but he's he's a set it and forget it. Sometimes you need those boring players, right? They give you a nice yes. floor. Yes, mm-hmm. Do you like boring people, too, or no? No, I love exciting people, but Lenny wanted me to take uh, Reese Hoskins. He says, why don't you take Reese Hoskins? Why don't you take Ozzy Albies? And these players are just right at the age where I just have a huge red flag. Like, just wait, because they're, they might do real like Ozzy Albies. I'm a little concerned about him. I think that pitchers figured him out. I think that he needs to continue to work on the holes in his swing, and he needs to continue to get better, or his, you know, this season is not going to be that great for him. I agree with you on Albies. I do. I would have taken Hoskins, though. I will say that. I, I okay. like Hoskins. So uh, it's 1-1. One, one. Uh, what I, do you uh, think of my the fact that I own Billy Hamilton and Byron Buxton on this team? Uh, it's an interesting combo. Was that part of the design for the roster no. build? Or was this just, hey, they're, they're the best value on the board. I'm going to take them. I kept, I mean, I needed speed, and I kept wanting to get, like, I mean, uh, um, a dude in uh, Seattle that runs a lot. He went, D. Gordon, yeah, Malik Smith goes, D. Gordon goes. I'm just, you know, right after that, I thought, you know, what the heck? Kansas City is a great place for Billy Hamilton to be. I couldn't even imagine a better place for him to end up. So I'm excited about that. I think that Byron Buxton, I'm, you know, I mean, I drafted him, if you remember last year, I owned Buxton on all kinds of teams. He really screwed me over, but it gets to a point in the draft where you're like, okay, I'm just not going to completely give up on this guy because I have recency bias, and he's still young. He's still pretty much a kid, but the potential is still there in both of these guys, and I like it. Yeah, I kind of get nauseous about looking at it, though. It freaks me out. It makes me a little bit queasy to see it. I It's... Like, how do I own both of these players that could just be just useless? Well, I don't – see, Hamilton's not a guy I typically draft because I just hate the lack of power in RBIs. He obviously mm-hmm. has a lot of value in stolen bases, but this is a trading league. And if you jump out to a big lead in steals, there's someone who will trade for Hamilton because if you do acquire Hamilton in the middle of the year, he is a player that can move you up three, four, five spots in the stolen base category. So – uh, that's that would be my plan uh, if I had a Hamilton. He's going to uh-huh. be, especially if he keeps running. And like you said, I do think Kansas City's a good fit. You know, people say it sounds crazy, but remember, Cincinnati's a band box. That's not good for Billy Hamilton. He's not a power hitter. There's right. more, it's more spacious outfield there in Kansas City, which is going to be good. And you know they're going to let him run. So he, I, he's never a player that winds on my team. But I understand. I hear the argument for all the steals. It just doesn't fit what I do. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. Because I mean, at what point would you draft Hamilton? At what point would you I don't say, think okay, I, I don't think I round can. Round 11? <laughs> I don't, no? Look, no, there'll, there'll always be someone in the room that takes him before yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I understand his value in steals. It just doesn't feel, fit the build of what I like to do with my teams. Buxton, on the other hand, 
I have taken him already. I think I took him around 12 or 13 of a draft Champions League. He was like, uh-huh. what? Wasn't he like 16 homers, 29 steals two years ago? Just two years ago. I mean, really, this guy was – obviously he hit a stumbling block last year where he, I think, was a little too big for his britches. He even admitted that he wasn't – that he came to the fan fest with 20 extra pounds of muscle, talking about how, you know uh, – he wanted to come back up last year, but they wouldn't let him come back up because there's something to do with playing time and his, you know, how long they get to keep control of him. So he was kind of annoyed about that. But they have new management there that has reached out to both Sano and Buxton, and it's. I think it's exciting. I was hoping that Minnesota would do all this last year, but it was just a lost season for them. Yeah, he was upset. I read an article about that as well. So you have to think that. He realizes he has to turn things around. He just couldn't stay healthy last year. Even when he was in the minors rehabbing, it was like another injury popped up. So uh, we know he was a highly touted prospect, and he has at least had, you know, uh, he, he was 10-10 in 92 games in 2016, so he has done I it know. before. I know. And, I mean, the fact that he's going in round 14, I was – I was like, why not? Why just I, – I had between Hamilton and about two rounds to think about if I was going to grab Buxton or when I was going to grab Buxton. And I kept, like, going back and forth about, do you really want to add this to a team that already has some quite a big risk with just even owning Hamilton on it? But why not? If I'm going to go for it, I might as well, right? Yeah, I, I think the risk with Hamilton is – I don't even – I don't even – there's not much risk. I think he's going to run. I think the risk is do you have a you, you have to have a team that that has a lot of power in RBIs to overcome and especially if he hits ninth in the order. I think that's the risk. So I think it really comes down to roster yes. build. But Buxton mm-hmm. is certainly worth the shot. When we look back, we're gonna look at round fourteen, we're gonna see a lot of these players be complete busts. And Buxton could be the guy that maybe has the best year in this round. I think that both of those two players have the high ceilings. I love it. I'm, I am very excited about this. And, you know, this is my second draft of the season. The first one was a best ball draft at Sirius. And it was, it's like this best ball draft where you don't move any players at all. You get 20 players. That's your 20 players, and that's the end of the deal. But I got Bauer and DeGrom. I just started drafting pitching right off the bat. I will never have another team like that as long as I live. So that's exciting, too, getting to play that league. Talking to Andrea Lamont, you can find her at Lenny Melnick, FantasySports.com, talking about the mixed league labor draft from Tuesday night. Uh, Luis Castillo, you took in round seven, and people loved him last year. He was drafted highly, Mm -hmm. and he had a terrible first half, but he did turn it around in the second half. So is that second half a sign of things to come for this year? Is this year he puts it together? Well, I do believe that I'm I'm willing to bank on it, yes, because he's a, another one that's just at the right age. Finally, you know, we, we all want these guys to pan out when they're like 21 years old, but it just doesn't always happen that way. So Castillo had some – hit some bumps in the road, but I do think he still has talent. I'm definitely happy about that pick, too. Araceli Iglesias, your first closer, and I don't know if you if the news. I know you saw that the news came out after you drafted, <laughs> right? Where they said they might use him in uh, a fashion similar to Josh Hader last year. I actually heard something about it beforehand, but obviously I didn't pay that much attention to it. I think that the best closer gets the job. I mean, I needed a closer at that point. I'm hoping that he keeps his job, but I won't be surprised if if uh, one of my other just. Uh, backup closers like Wiley Peralta or, you know, Blake Parker. Hopefully they could grab a, a save or two, and maybe Brad Peacock can help me out if these guys don't pan out. 
Yeah, it's going to be a fun year chasing saves, uh, especially with all these teams uh, talking about maybe using multiple relievers to close it out. Dallas. Keuchel, what about openers, dude? Openers. I'm trying to figure out who's coming in after the opener because they only need to throw like one pitch and then they get a win. That is true, and I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as prevalent this year. I mean, there's a few teams that are talking about it. You think it's going to become a big thing, though, this year where a lot of teams do it? I don't think I, it's good this year. I what do you think? think? That, I don't know. It depends on how deep rotations are. You know how they're going trending to pitchers not pitching that many innings, and they're, they want to – I don't know, but it would be great for fantasy owners, and you could just – rack up all kinds of wins, you know what I mean? Because the whole rule in baseball where you have to pitch five innings if you're a starting pitcher to get a win, that's a bunch of b- baloney. It's a bunch of baloney. Where it is going to be a factor is head-to-head leagues where you have a maximum amount of starts each week because say you bring in a starting pitcher in, in inning two, technically it's not a start. That's a loophole. Exactly. That, that is something that head-to-head leagues it's are going to have to figure out this year. It's a big slippery slope, this loopholes, all the loopholes everywhere with the opener. And that's why I'm, I'm really looking at it like I want to take advantage of it if it's the real thing. But I know that um, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Oakland, they've all said that they're willing to use an opener. So I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Yeah, it's definitely something to pay attention to if you're in a head-to-head league. Andrea, thanks for the time. We will talk soon, and hopefully I'll see you sometime again soon. Okay, thank you. Again, Andrea Lamont, finder, Lenny Mel- Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. 
Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Love is in the air. It's that time of the year to show appreciation for the one you call Mia Moore. If you want to show your soulmate how much you care, you're going to need to open your heart and open your wallet. The Fantasy Sports Network always gives unconditional love to the fantasy sports and wagering world. And we're here to give you our undivided affection for money to help you win fantasy leagues, DFS tournaments, and make the right wagers at the sports books. It's the FNTSY way that can help you win cash to help better the lives of yourself and the loved ones around you. Our undivided attention to you can be heard in so many ways, from listening on iHeart and TuneIn Radio to downloading our podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And you can always watch select programming in the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube channel. Don't feel alone during this time of the season where love and care reign. Let your love life and your love for fantasy sports and wagering get hit with the arrows of Cupid that is the Fantasy Sports Network. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. Hopefully you have a good night, whether you're single or with someone, it doesn't matter. Make sure you spread the love and add money to your bank account by becoming a member of ScoutFantasySports.com today. we got excellent fantasy baseball draft content. You're sure to be... Near the top of your league. Can't guarantee you're going to win, but we're going to put you in a good spot with a great draft and then get you through the season working the waiver wire, making those trades. You can ask questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. Uh, That's where you can go really in-depth, break it down. I mean, some of the questions we get are real long, but it's all good. We are here to help you. And if you use the promo code BATS50, you get 50% off your first two months. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes fantasy players around. And I have a lot of articles looking at players, their new situations on new teams. What does it mean for their fantasy value? The latest, a look at Rugnet Odor from Texas. His numbers were down last year, but why? And there were some changes that happened in the second half. What does it mean? Read that article now. Find out for yourself. At the game, just got a gut feeling. No problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right. $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. And you can head on over to VegasWhispers.com for all your sports betting needs. And uh, I had a pretty good night last night. 3-1 uh, and one in the NBA. Did have Brooklyn, and that was scary. I had Brooklyn by 7.5. And, and if you follow that game, throughout the entire way, it looked like they were not going to cover it. Uh, went to overtime. 
It went to a second overtime, and Damari Carroll with a big shot at the end of the second overtime, a three-pointer to tie the score and force the third overtime where the Nets did indeed cover. So we've been on the bad end of uh, backdoor covers and things that happen late, and then other times you're on the positive end. And uh, fortunately for me yesterday, had Brooklyn, and it looked terrible for a while, but they got the job done and covered, and that's what makes sports betting so exciting, especially when you win. If you lose, that's not as exciting. But last night was an 11-game slate in the NBA, and uh, again, I'm going to emphasize this here. If you play on a site with late swap, you really have to commit a good portion of the night to it if you want to have an edge. Uh, I'll give you an example from last night. Uh, I kind of was unsure of what I was going to do with my utility spot on Yahoo. And I just well, kind of was waiting on some news and wanted to see what was going to happen. Originally, I had Mason Plumley in there thinking, okay, he would start because he started the previous game even with Paul Millsap back. So I was just waiting to pay attention to news because that was a 9 p.m. Eastern start. The news came out, Paul Millsap was in the starting lineup. So I said, hmm, it's a really good matchup here against the Kings. I got to take Plumlee out because if he's not starting, he's going to see 20 to 25 minutes. Now he can produce, but I'd rather have a guy that's going to give me 30 to 33 minutes. So uh, I decided to go with Paul Millsap, and it worked out well. He obviously had a huge game. I think he had about 52 on Yahoo, 25 points, 13 boards, two assists, two steals, a block, 10 to 16 from the field, and a three. So right there, just an example of how you really can get an advantage. And he was like, 0.4% owned. So I know sometimes people don't have the time commitment. And if you are going to do that, play on a site where it locks at tip-off. If you know that you just can't follow the news throughout the night, obviously you could set it up where you get alerts and then it tells you the starting lineups and then you could just go and make the change. But uh, there is the real edge on the late, uh, late swap sites to pay attention to everything that goes on uh, because it could be in a big difference. And uh, right last night was just an example there with uh, Paul Millsap getting into the starting lineup and no, hardly anyone had him. So uh, just another example of why you have to pay attention. So we are headed here to the All-Star break weekend. Uh, this is the last night of games before the festivities kick off. we got the World vs. USA game tomorrow, skills competition Saturday night, and then the NBA All-Star game on Sunday, and then there's no basketball next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, for me at least, it'll give me a lot more opportunity to dive deeper into baseball. Not that I haven't already. I have been. But the NBA usually takes up about you know two and a half hours of my time right before lineup block. And then, as I mentioned, into lineup block. There are some times that I'm not eating dinner, and I have to delay it because I'm following the snooze. And I can't go outside because I need to make sure that I have this news. So you could say, wow, that sounds frustrating, a lot of work. But I've always said, if you put in the work, you will reap the rewards. And uh, last night was an example with Paul Millsap for me. But tonight shouldn't be as difficult. We have three games, and they're all pretty early. 7 p.m. Eastern is the first game. The Hornets are in Orlando to take on the Magic. Orlando's favored by three. The Vegas total is 214. For the Hornets, Bismack Biombo is out. Uh, the Hornets typically don't play well on the road. I think, though, this is going to be a pretty good game. I actually like the over in this game tonight. I think there'll be some points scored. Uh, Kemba Walker obviously has been tearing it up lately. Uh, now, the 
the uh, the price is expensive. That's the problem with Kemba. Uh, I don't think I'm paying up for him tonight. I think he'll be low owned, 92 on DK, 10-7 on Fandle. Don't think you need to go there tonight. Uh, Jeremy Lamb has been playing very well lately, and uh, obviously on a three-game slate, you're going to see positions are very thin, and uh, shoot go- shooting guard is one of them tonight. So I do think Lamb is in play, 57 on DK, 66 on FanDuel. I've mentioned before, I really don't play many players from the Hornets outside of Kemba Walker, but I do think that this is a night where you're going to have to probably use some. Uh, Marvin Williams is not bad on DraftKings, 4,600. He's in play. I can never find a way to play Nicholas Batum, but 45 on DK, 54 on FanDuel. It's not the most terrible spot. Again, I don't love him, but he's going to play big minutes, so uh, he could be an option on this slate. Uh, Cody Zeller actually could play more minutes tonight. Without Bismack Biombo. we will probably see Hernan Gomez a little bit tonight. Uh, but Zeller's not the worst option. 48 on DK, 58 on Fandle. I uh, think he'll be low-owned on Fandle in that center spot, uh, and I think he could have a decent game tonight. For the Magic... Uh, they've been playing well. They've won four in a row, and all of a sudden, uh, they're right there in that playoff hunt uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Evan Fournier is someone I think you can use. 55 on DK, 63 on Fandle. I've talked about almost every time the Magic have played lately. Jonathan Isaac. I used him a lot. He is playing very well. I think he's still... I put in a lineup last night. I think he's 20 on Yahoo. What I'm, I'm getting him in there for sure. And he's 58 on DK, 68 on Fandle. He's got big upside. Uh, he's been playing big minutes lately. So Isaac is definitely someone that I'm going to play tonight. It's probably hurt Aaron Gordon a little bit. Gordon also had that back injury a couple games ago. Look, Gordon has a high ceiling but a low floor. He's a tournament play. Don't use him in cash. Not terrible tonight. But again, I much prefer Isaac. He's cheaper, and I think he has the bigger upside. Gordon, 66 on DK. 75 on FanDuel. And, of course, Vucevic is always in play. He's expensive. He's 10 on DK and 10-5 on FanDuel. And I had him in a lineup the other night in Yahoo, and I took him out, and uh, Vucevic went off. He's had such a great year. Probably doesn't get enough attention, I think, in um, in uh, fantasy sometimes. But certainly like uh, him tonight uh, as an option. Not not a primary target, but I definitely think you can use him in now, he, may, he might not be as highly owned as, uh, as I think, well, on this slate. I guess it depends on who you're going to pay up for. Uh, the Knicks travel to Atlanta. Knicks on a back-to-back. They played last night against Philly and lost. I think it's, what, 18 in a row now for the Knicks that they have lost. They are in Atlanta, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I mean, who would have thought? Atlanta favored by eight? That's how bad the Knicks are. I mean, Atlanta favored by eight over anyone should not happen. Vegas totals 225 and a Emmanuel Moutier will be out. Hazonia is doubtful. Uh, obviously, the Knicks are not trying to win. Obviously, it's a great matchup here uh, against Atlanta. The problem is, is just you just don't know from game to game who is going to play the minutes for the Knicks. So, a three-game slate, they're obviously all in play. I like Mitchell Robinson. I'm so mad. I had him in a season-long league. I picked him up like maybe a month ago. Uh, spent a good amount on him because I was like, all right, at some point he's going to wind up playing big minutes. They need to develop in. And that stretch where he wasn't doing much, I dropped him. Someone else picked him up, and now they're reaping the benefits. So I think he's 14 on Yahoo, 41 on DK, 54 on FanDuel. And even with him not starting and him only getting 23 minutes, 
he's been putting up production. So I think he is absolutely in play tonight. Kadeem Allen's played well for the Knicks, too. I have him in a preliminary lineup and shooting guard on Yahoo. I think he's 14 there. He's 42 on DK4 on FanDuel. I mean, Kevin Knox, obviously, it's a good matchup, but doesn't really needs to score to do well. Dennis Smith's price, 65 on DK, 78 on FanDuel. Uh, you can use them. I'm probably not going there tonight, but the problem with the Knicks is just playing so many guys. So Robinson's my favorite play, uh, and I might use Kadeem Allen as well. I know Dotson is starting, and he's cheap, 36 on DK, 37 on FanDuel, or he did yesterday, but don't have too much exposure to the Knicks. I know they're in a favorable spot, but you, you don't know game-to-game game who the minutes are. They're going to be there for Smith, but there have been times that, you know, they don't play him 36 minutes. So they're just a real headache right now. Mitchell Robinson, though, I think is the guy. Even in 23 minutes, he can produce, especially at his price. And uh, on a site where blocks are a premium as well, he can help you out there. For Atlanta, Kevin Huter is probable. Hawks have actually uh, been playing better lately, and uh, they're at a good spot here tonight. Trey Young is going to be really popular. I know the price has gone up, but uh, he played 38 minutes without Jeremy Lin uh, there, and the Knicks have been terrible against point guards. So he, I, I got to think he's going to be a very popular play tonight. So he's 81 on DK, 84 on FanDuel. Torian Prince has been playing better lately. He's 47 on DK, like that price there. Uh, John Collins is pricey, 82 on FanDuel, 77 on DK, but he definitely has monster uh, monster upside. You'd like to see him do some more outside of the points and rebounds, but certainly can look at him tonight. Uh, a lot of the Atlanta guys you could look at. It's a great matchup uh, for sure. Uh, Deadman doesn't play big minutes, but he's 5 on DK, 55 on FanDuel, so probably could look at him in tournaments. Final game of the night, we got the Thunder at the Pelicans. Vegas totals 236. Thunder are favored by five. Thunder a little shorthanded in this game. No Jeremy Grant, no Dennis Schroeder. They are out. They were out the other night as well. This is a great matchup for the Thunder. And obviously the guys you're spending up for tonight are Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And I will say it again. I will play Paul George more often than that. But finally, Paul George. Price on Fandle has exceeded Russell Westbrook. Paul George is 12500 Russell Westbrook is 12-4. George has been playing better to me. Uh, and obviously, small forward, a tougher spot to fill than point guard. But again, three games late. But on DK, George is 10-7. Westbrook is 11-6. So both are in play tonight. You might be able to find a way to get both in. Obviously, they do so much. Uh, I do like Raymond Felton at a cheap price. Uh, he is 10 bucks minimum on Yahoo, and I think shooting guard eligible there. With no Schroeder out, we saw Felton play more minutes the other night, so you can definitely look at him to save some money. Uh, Steven Adams is also in consideration. He should play big minutes, but he hasn't been good lately. Uh, so not a, the best matchup for him, so not someone that you need to get in there, but clearly Westbrook and George the best plays. For the Pelicans, Alfred Payton is doubtful. They are a mess here in the Pelicans. We know Anthony Davis wants out. They were embarrassed the other night. Thunder's defense has been up and down. They went through a, a stretch where they were really good and they were really bad. Pelicans do have a, a high implied total tonight, so there could be some points here. Anthony Davis is going to be the guy you have to decide about. Uh, he is 9,000 on DK. Never thought we would see Anthony Davis that cheap. And I know I said that the other night, and he did not have a big game, but 
if this game can stay competitive, and again, the uh, spread is only five, um, you know, he should put up big numbers. Uh, and you might get lower ownership on him. So in tournaments, it's something to think about. Uh, it, but it just doesn't look like he's into it right now. And that's what my concern is. So we all know if, if he plays the minutes, he's going to produce. And maybe you play him with either George or Westbrook uh, on DK. He's 11-5 on FanDuel. So, so it's a decision that you have to make tonight for sure. But certainly on DraftKings at that price on a three-game slate, yeah, he could easily underachieve. But if he does play 30 minutes, he could absolutely crush that. So that's a, a big decision that you have to make tonight. Drew Holiday, still kind of expensive. Uh, 84 on DK, 9,000 on FanDuel. But it's just kind of trying to read what the – Pelicans are going to do here. It's a nationally televised game. Will they show up and show some effort? Because the other night was pretty, pretty bad uh, for the Pelicans. And um, I think on DK, though, you do have to consider Davis. I think on FanDuel, you can go in a different direction. So only a three-game slate, but take advantage because we're going to have no NBA DFS for six days. But that's going to give you more time to prepare for fantasy baseball. You can read all the articles, scoutfantasysports.com. Our fantasy baseball draft kit is ridiculous, loaded with information. You will become a better player. You will be competitive in your league. Just use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. That wraps it up here. I will return tomorrow with Dr. Roto, 2 p.m. Eastern. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Enjoy Valentine's Day.